Over the, the past few weeks, Pete and I have been looking at uh, vision. And um, just to refresh your memories, shouldn't need refreshing because it should be, for those of you regular, should be sort of imprinted now. Let's say it together, shall we? To see God's love transform lives as we follow him. You know, shared vision is very important. It's like having a shared destination that we agree that we want to travel to. If you have two different visions, then you have division. And division's not good, is it? Because you're heading for two separate destinations, and it will inevitably mean that at some point you part company, because it's absolutely inevitable that that will happen. So vision is important, because vision brings unity of direction. But there's something else that goes along with vision that is equally important, and that's values. You know, we may agree the destination, and we are walking along the same road, but if we don't share the same values, then there will be discord. Just, you know, as the same vision brings unity, the same values bring harmony. The Bible says, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? So we're going to start a series today looking at our values, the, the light and life DNA, as it were, the light and life family values. And they, they divide into three headings. So we're going to see the next slide, and it has the three headings, I think. Hmm, we're almost seeing something else then. Right. So our light and life values, the first category is loving God, the second category is loving his church, and the third category is loving his world. So we're going to start with the first category today, loving God. So we could have the next slide, which spells out what that means. Loving God, therefore we are God-centered, spirit-led and biblically anchored, and faith-filled. Now, I'm going to take the bottom one today. I'm going to take the faith-filled. You might have realized in some of the songs that it's quite a bit about belief and about faith. And uh, so that's the the topic that we're going to look at today. Faith-filled, living lives of expectant faith in obedience to God's direction. And the verse there, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, We walk by faith and not by sight. So basically, being faith-filled is to walk by faith. Walk by faith and not by sight. The songwriter said, I walk by faith, each step by faith, I put my trust in you. Not faith in a religious system, not faith in a church, not faith in a person. God himself. We we live in a society where some people are attacking the very concept of God. I don't know if you saw the interview with Stephen Fry, uh, the Irish interview, Irish television. And Stephen Fry described God in these terms. I I found this fascinating. He's describing the God that he doesn't believe in. Because he's an atheist, which is bizarre. But anyway, this is his description. Capricious, mean-minded, stupid, 
a maniac, utter maniac, totally selfish, monstrous, utterly monstrous. I, I want to liken Stephen Fry to uh, a man in Alaska called Alan. Now, he doesn't really exist. There might be many in Alaska called Alan, but, but this is fictitious. But I just want to bring some comparison, really, into the answer that he gave. So I fly over to Alaska, and I say to Alan, and Alan doesn't believe in cows, right? He does not believe in cows. So I say to Alan, if you met a cow, what would you say to the cow? And Alan says this, you fire-breathing, man-eating, malicious monster. <laughs> now, I, I know quite a bit about cows, so we put the next slide up. I was born on a dairy farm, and, uh, so for the first, and I, I went into dairy farming. So for the first 30 years of my life, I, I knew a bit about cows, uh, particularly these type, pedigree Frisian Holsteins. And uh, so I have a lot of experience when it comes to cows. And even if it was dark and I was walking through a building with cows in it or, or a field, I could sense the presence. I could hear them mooing. So I didn't have to see them to realize that they were there. Let me tell you, cows are not fire-breathing, man-eating monsters. I've never seen a cow breathing fire. Now, I suppose if you lit a match in its mouth, and you might be able to get a bit of fire out of it. But <laughs> a cow is not. doesn't fit that description. I know many farmers, and none of them would say that the Allen in Alaska has got it right, because cows are herbivores. They don't eat men. They're not monsters. They're curious. They're intelligent. They gather around to see what's going on. Alan's description is utter nonsense because he has no experience of cows at all. You know, Stephen Fry might be an expert on many things, but he has no experience of God and his words are utter nonsense. We live in a society where people speak about God and much of what they say is utter nonsense. Nonsense. Because they have no experience of him at all. The God that Stephen Fry doesn't believe in, I don't believe in either. I have known God personally since I was 14. That's almost 40 years ago. And in my experience, I have realized more and more that the God I experience is the God of this book, the God of the Bible, who's revealed in these pages. And he is awesome and almighty. He is forgiving and faithful. He is loving and giving. He is pure and holy. He has a heart for relationship with you and a heart for relationship with me that caused him to go to incredible lengths of self-sacrifice. 
because he cares about us. He's an amazing person. He's absolutely wonderful. When I was 14, I I took that first step of faith. Hebrews 11, verse 6, Anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. He's not a mean-minded maniac. No, he longs to give us good things. And when we merely seek him, he rewards us. You know, we don't need high-level faith to receive wonderful things from God. Recently, Kieran gave his testimony And that first step of faith was not high-level faith. Because he basically said something like this. When he prayed, God, if you exist, help me. Now, that isn't high-level faith, is it? That is low-level faith, but it's, it's faith. And instantly, God came and began to bring deliverance into Kieran's life. Bringing freedom and peace and joy. You know, every time I hear somebody's testimony, it is always the same. It is a simple step of faith that is always rewarded by God. You see, God always responds to faith. I want to ask you, have you taken that first step of faith? Have you? Have you taken that first step of faith in God? If you haven't, then today you can. And today you can discover God. You can experience God personally. That first step is always simple, but at the same time scary. You know, I think Indiana Jones' leap of faith really sums up those two things. It was very simple, but very scary. And for those of you who have seen it, you're going to see it again. For those of you who haven't seen it, here it is. Just that principle of simple but scary faith.
bright. You couldn't see it too well, but very brave step of faith. Hebrews 6, uh, Hebrews 11 verse 6 again. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because everyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. It's interesting that Indiana Jones did not know how the gap would be bridged, did he? Really? He didn't fully understand what was going to go happen, what was going to go on, but he had the courage to take the step of faith, trusting that something would support him, that the bridge was there. There was an element of fear, but he felt the fear and did it anyway. You know, I've been a church leader for 20 years, and I could tell you many, many, many stories of people who took that first step of faith. And I'm just going to tell you one or two. In Helston, a guy called Dave, middle-aged man in the Navy, normal bloke. Um, As many people, he'd had a previous marriage, been divorced. It it had been a very um, rough divorce. He'd got remarried and was enjoying a good marriage to Helen. Then Helen got a brain tumour. And uh, it caused Helen to seek God. And she found God. (laughs) I remember visiting her and she said to me, he's in here. He's in here. She was so aware that God's presence had come and was within her. So Dave knew nothing about God. He couldn't believe how somebody at middle age knew. He knew nothing. Every other word was a swear word. And uh, he was just a normal Navy bloke. God began to speak to him. He was more in the loan. And he just knew he'd got to come to church. Something within him was saying, you've got to go to church. And so he he stopped more in the loan, and he came to church, and he opened up his heart to God, and God just came in. (laughs) Like a step of faith. He just opened his life, and God came in. Dave described his life before knowing Christ as bitter and twisted. That was his own words. And God took away the bitterness and straightened his life out. A lot of his bitterness was to do with unforgiveness. God enabled him to forgive, whereas before he couldn't. See, God's a forgiving God. When you get to know God, he gives you the power to do stuff you couldn't do without him. Another lady, Sue, from Penzance. Now, Sue was dependent on alcohol. It caused her to lose relationship with her daughter. And as a result, she didn't even know her grandchildren. She'd never seen them. We did a shoe-shining event in Penzance. Free shoe-shining, light and light. Yeah, it was laughable. (laughs) Brilliant. She saw the picture in the paper showing the event. She said, I want to go to that church. Within a week, somebody was knocking on the door inviting her. She came to hear a speaker who had been falsely accused and imprisoned and found Christ. And as she listened to his story, 
that night, she gave her life to Christ. Nobody knew about the problem with alcohol. She went home and she got a stash of vodka and she poured it all down the leaf. And as a result, her relationship with her daughter was restored and she met her grandchildren. See, God is a God who transforms lives. In our vision statement, to see God's love transform lives as we follow him. You know, God is a God of love. God's heart, God's passion is for loving, wholesome relationships. And our first step of faith brings us into relationship with him. It's not a phony relationship. See, a phony relationship is where you're wearing two masks and you don't really know each other. A phony relationship is where there's a lot of stuff hidden. A good relationship is where there's honesty, where there's truth, where it's real, where it's transparent. See, God knows all about you. You can't hide anything. None of us can hide anything from God. So the basis of the relationship is not phony. It's not based on a lie. It's based on reality. Psalm 139. Oh Lord, you have searched me. You know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You deserve my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O oh Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become light around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from your sight when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. You know, God knows the truth about me. He knows the truth about you. Every last thought, word, and deed. The amazing thing is, he wants relationship. <laughs> the amazing thing is, he loves us. 
for the message? Nobody else knows you as well as God. Nobody else wants relationship with you more than God. He loves you. How much does he love you? Well, we get a, a glimpse of it in 1 John 4, verse 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God loves us so much that he died in our place, that he took the punishment that we deserve for all the stuff we have done wrong, said wrong, thought wrong. He took our punishment. His love deals with all that stuff in our lives that needs cleaning up. And he cleans it up. That's Indiana Jones style faith. When we realize all of that and we take that step of faith and we believe that he did it for us. Paul writing to first century Christians said, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And you can believe that Jesus died for the whole world, but you need to believe he died for you. You need to receive yourself. You need to take it by faith. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. To believe that God exists, to desire relationship with God. To realize that he has made a way for that relationship. And then to simply ask him to wash away all the rubbish and come into our lives. It's simple, isn't it? Yes? It's not complicated. It's simple. Is it scary? Yes. I remember as a 14-year-old boy, it was scary. Because when you do that, you're saying, God, you're there. God, I trust that you're there. And God, I'm giving you my life. I want you to come and cleanse me. I want you to come and bring me into a relationship with you. There's something scary about that, isn't there? But it's good scary. It's the greatest step of faith that we could ever take. It's the most important step that we ever take in our lives. But it's just the beginning. When we give our lives to Christ, that is step one. And then we must keep walking by faith. We don't stop having faith when we become a Christian. And it's so easy, isn't it, to take that step of faith and then hold back on other steps of faith. Yes? We need to walk by faith. The walk of faith is not boring. It's anything but boring. You know, we read in Hebrews 11 about the scary, crazy things that God asked people to do. He asks Noah to become a shipbuilder in the middle of dry land. And it was a big project. It wasn't a tiny little boat. It was a big project. He asked Abraham to move house. Not just around the corner to the next street, but to a foreign land that he didn't even know where it was. He asked Sarah to become a mum when she was barren and past the age of childbearing. 
He asked Moses to go to the leader of the world superpower of his day and confront him and say to him, let that group of slaves go. Let all that nation of Israel go. The ones who's providing all the bricks for you. The one who's helping you build your superpower. Let them go. Doesn't get much more scary than that, does it? Imagine going up to the world's superpower, standing in front of Barack Obama, and telling him what to do. As we take steps of faith, we discover more about God. We discover that he really does have the power. He is almighty. He is not God my mate next door. He is God almighty. He's all-powerful. We discover that his plans are better than our plans. As a pastor, you see people make decisions. You see them make choices. And I've seen people who've pulled back from taking a step of faith when God has clearly called them to do something and they've stepped back. And the result is that they miss out. I can think of families where the children have not followed the Lord because their parents step back. Not stop following Christ, but they step back from risk-taking. They step back from taking the step of faith that God wanted them to take. They settled for bland Christianity instead of the real deal. See, faith is risking. I used to be a farmer, as I've already said, and a massive step of faith for me was leaving the farm behind to become a church leader, to become a pastor. Massive step of faith, because I didn't know anything other than farming. I was a simple farm boy. And God says, step out. I'm so glad I did. (laughs) So glad I did. He said, emigrate from Lancashire to Cornwall. I'm so glad I did. Uh, I couldn't have imagined how exciting this journey's been. (laughs) Couldn't imagine how many people's lives that I have seen change as they have put their faith in It's been amazing. I could tell you lots and lots of stories. I haven't got time to. But we're still taking steps of faith, aren't we? And it's still scary. It never changes, does it? It doesn't get less scary just because you've taken steps in the past. Every single step of faith has this scary element to it. We're standing or sitting in a scary step of faith, aren't we? This is a step of faith. The latest step of faith Uh, Some of you will know about it, some of you won't. But it got Fiona so excited, I had to pull her down off the ceiling. (laughs) In in Bodmin, we we felt that God wanted us to run a number of outreaches uh, from a shop front. Uh, Well, not actually from the front, actually in the shop as well. But we needed a shop. And uh, we've partnered with Steve Lee, and we, we, we had the vision for three intensive weeks of reaching out in Bodmin. So, Fiona began to look for shops, and it was hopeless. 
And we prayed. Because if you are prepared to pay for the shop, it's quite easy, isn't it? It doesn't take a lot of faith to rock up and say, there's the money, give us the shop. Because there's empty shops. But we didn't have any money. So, you know, it's a bit different then, isn't it? You require a miracle. And uh, Fiona reports the miracle. Uh, Shop rent-free for six months, is it now? Yeah. I think God deserves a clap for that, don't you? It's not just any old shop. It's not down a back alley where nobody goes. It's on the high street. That's what we prayed for. We didn't pray for one down a side alley. We prayed for a shop on the high street with a good window space. And God has delivered. But we took steps of faith. We didn't sit at home just moping. We prayed and Fiona got working. Steps of faith. And God delivers. It's exciting. I want to say that every single one of us takes steps of faith. Whether a Christian or not, every single one of us lives to a great extent by faith. The big question is, what do we put our faith in? I've got a a slide here which has a couple of examples of bridges that we could put our faith in. Now, if I said to you, right, which bridge are you going to put your faith in to do some water crossing? Hands up if you would go with this one on the right. No, hands up if you'd go with this one on the left. You would say, well, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? It's absolute no-brainer because the one on the left is a brilliant bridge. The one on the left is rubbish. It's kind of a bridge. It kind of works, but then it doesn't quite make it. The question is, which God are we going to believe in? Most people in Britain today are believing in the God of self. That's the God that they're believing in. That's tragic, because self is not up to the job. You know, I, I know who I am, and you know who you are. I'm not up to the job. I'm not up to the job of, of getting me through this life with the best plan and purpose to reach heaven. I, I can't do that. I'm going to fall short. Even if I make a half-decent job of this life, <laughs> I'm going to miss the last bit. Because Jesus said that he is the only way to the Father. He's the only way that we can get into that eternal heaven. But it's not just about that. It's about the life to the full in the meantime. You know, Jesus didn't say, you know, it's a crap life and then when he gets to heaven it's going to be great. He didn't say that. He said, I will give you abundant life. I will give you life to the full. He didn't say it wouldn't be difficult. He didn't say that. He didn't say there'd be no suffering. He didn't say it would be easy. But he said, I'll be with you. I will be with you. I will carry you. I will take you. In my life, I've known seasons where it's been easy and seasons where it's been hard. But God has taken me through 
both types of circumstances. Every single person on the planet goes through easy situations and hard ones. Don't they? God is the God of all seasons. You can either trust yourself or somebody else or something else or you can trust God. The choice is yours. The choice is mine. I've chosen God. (laughs) My heart's cries that you would too. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you are real. I thank you that you are an awesome God. I thank you that your heart is so much for relationship with us that you have done everything that is required to make that possible. That you have died to take away all the junk and the muck and the mess that comes between us and you. Lord, we thank you that as we ask you, you wipe that clean, that you take that away. And Lord, I pray for every single person here, Lord, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would just speak to each heart. That we would have that desire to trust you. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I I want to give opportunity for you to respond this morning. And that response is basically saying, God, I believe you exist. And God, I put my faith in you.